Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this... But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Welcome back to the show, Sidelines with Coach Steve, and today we're into our college football week six recap with my co-host, Brad Miller is back. Um, a lot of football yesterday happened, a lot of crazy stuff happened, uh, but before we get talking, if you're watching it, like it, subscribe, share. If I can get this on the podcast, share it out, do all that good stuff, get this out there. That's something we've been wanting to do since we were 15, 16 years old. Show up Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, show them how it's really done. Hopefully one day this grows to more sports, but right now it's just college football. Um, so, Brad, what did you think yesterday? I will say this podcast is officially, like, ruining – I won't say ruining, causing problems in my relationship. Uh, I've been a long time without just sitting on the couch all day and watching college football. So it felt great for me. But then my girlfriend came home. She worked 12 hours yesterday, and I got a you're a real piece of shit look, which was fun. <laughs> um, and then I sent you a text at one point, the late game. It was like, well, she's home now, so my football time's over. Like, I just have to watch Grey's Anatomy now for the next three hours till she goes to bed. Yep, then there's me who's more dedicated and watched all of it and, and took notes. So, but I'm the host, so I have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got up early this morning and watched the games. So I'm all right. That's more dedication than me. I just got up and took notes from my memory. Okay. Uh, so, like I said, guys, bear with me. Uh, trying the stream yard stuff. This, this stuff is all new to me. So, See, I could do this. Anybody looking down at this right now? Can we see this? Coach Steve did that from the cornfields. All right, so sports topics. A couple things are sticking out to me. It's not just college football. Sports topics, we can talk about anything. I know tonight NBA finals are going on. Lakers are up 3-2 on the Miami Heat. Um, I am not a LeBron fan whatsoever, but when Kobe passed away, Back in January, I kind of was like, you know, I almost have to root for the Lakers now. I haven't been watching NBA because it's soft, the bubble's soft, but I don't know. I think the Lakers are going to win because I think Jimmy Butler's great. He's gotten so much better than when he was on the Bulls. I think the Lakers are going to win just because they have too much talent. The, the Heat are tougher. They're a tougher team, but you, it's hard to be a tough team and stop LeBron, Anthony Davis, 
Rondo. So unfortunately, I think the Lakers are going to win the NBA championship, but put that asterisk next to it. It's not going to count to me. Um, so but, if they win, does LeBron get a statue outside Staples Center? LeBron has to win three or four okay. championships. Greatest Laker of all time. LeBron is not the greatest Laker of all time. Not even close. He couldn't even wash Kobe's shoes or Shaq's shoes. I mean, greatest Laker of all time. That's what it comes down to. It is not. Um, LeBron's looking. I, I The clips I see, because I'm starting to play fan duel, so I have to pay attention. And he looks old. His age caught up in this bubble. He looks old. He looks tired. Um, he doesn't look like either of those things. He does. <laughs> Watch him. Games, dude. I've, I've watched the games. He's still a physical freak of nature. And the fact that, like, I was watching the game the other night. I think it was their third win. I was watching, and LeBron went up for just this monstrous dunk and then came down on his leg, like, nine times out of ten, that's going to send someone to the ER. And he just, like, folds over himself, pops right back up, and runs to the other end. And I'm watching it with my girlfriend. She's like, how did he not get hurt? And I was like, he never has. He's a freak of nature. Like, that dude is so just physically stronger and more well-built than 90% of the NBA. And I think above anything else, that's the most impressive thing. Like you've seen greats in the NBA come and go, but their bodies wear down over time. And he's what, 35 now? 36. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like to me, he still looks every bit of what I saw from him in Miami or when he was in Cleveland. Like, we are looking at two different things. Okay. Well, you hate him with a passion and have forever. So you can say what you want to say. Um, can I talk about the fact that uh, LeBron's going to blow a 3-1 lead? What he's famous for, His most famous finals moment of all time coming back from a 3-1 deficit, and he's about to blow a 3-1 lead. If they, if he blows it and the Heat win the championship, I am going to party. Um, but I also feel like they will blame Anthony Davis because he kind of disappeared. Those first two games, he looked like the finals MVP. Then all of a sudden, he was scoring 19 points or whatever. And what that puts more – Let's like, see, that puts more pressure on LeBron. One, and you have a bruised heel. Can you imagine what it feels like to play on that? But you're an NBA player who's one of the best in the world. You need to... Kobe tore his Achilles and walked out there to shoot the free throw and then walked off the court and said, do not carry me off the court. LeBron had a cramp because the Spurs turned the heat on and he had to be carried off the freaking court. So that's where I think NBA players are soft. You watch Kobe tearing Achilles and walk out there to shoot it. Uh, you watch even NFL players break their finger. Kobe broke his finger. You watch NFL players break – Brett Favre broke his ankle and went out there and threw footballs off of it. Like, come on. Like, LeBron and Anthony Davis are soft. But they're so talented, that's what makes up for it. I'm not going to deny LeBron isn't talented and is very, 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 very good. But I won't be, I won't be surprised if the Heat won tonight. But what scares me is, is that Jimmy Butler only sat on the bench for like 45 seconds. But Jimmy Butler's done that his whole career. 
like starting with Thibodeau, he was like, yeah, I'll just play the entire game. And I think he's kind of built to do that kind of the same way LeBron is. On a slightly different note, because I don't want to get too far into NBA stuff, did you see the video of Michael Jordan's basketball camp with all those little kids and Chris Paul bet him that he had to go like around the arc and make shots. And if he missed one, he had to buy the whole camp shoes and Jordan just cold blooded hit every shot. Yeah. Cause and walked off. <laughs> Michael Jordan still has his jump shot after it, all these years. In, in my heart of hearts, I want like part of Michael Jordan to be like, I want to give these kids shoes but then the crazy competitive, like, FU side of Michael Jordan came out, and he's like, I can't lose this bet. <laughs> you can't look like an idiot. Yeah. The same part that, like, who was the Hornets draft pick that he just challenged a one-on-one when he was 50 years old and beat oh. him? Remember that? Yeah, I don't remember. Who it was, he basically ended that dude's career just, like, Never saw him again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, enough NBA. Um, I think the Lakers win. I just don't know if it's going to be tonight or next time. I feel like they're going to win the championship. If the Heat win tonight, that's all the gas. Like, whatever gas you have left. Yeah. I. Jimmy Butler's a great player, but you can only do so much. And I think he's near the end. He's so. one of the most underrated players, I think, because the Bulls, I saw how good he was. And then he was just put in situations where he wants to be the guy. And I don't know if he can be the guy, but I think he's slowly showing that he can be the guy. Um, I loved him at the Bulls. I hated that he had to that they got rid of him. But the Bulls are a trash organization now. Like it's just have been for a while. It's terrible. All right. Um hey, before this is the last last thing. I want to take our first official minute to have an Illinois sadness minute. Um can we talk about how good Kendrick Nunn looked? Oh goodness. Has looked in this whole series. In Illinois, had him on their team in basketball, and now he's very close to being a above-average NBA player. And then there's Illinois just sitting there. I will say, though, <laughs> that's one of my topics was, you know, the NCAA saying, so we're going to get off the NBA thing. NCAA basketball claims are coming back in November, and I don't know how that's going to work. Because um, college are slowly starting to see COVID tests. Like Notre Dame's been bad. They finally got to play yesterday, which we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So what scares me with NBA did it right. I will say this: that bubble was the perfect idea. But you can do that with basketball. You can't do it with football. Um, basketball, for instance, boy, I don't know how you do a bubble. I don't think you can. I know in Illinois, I don't know how we're going to do basketball in high school here in a month let alone NCAA, but it's going to start in November. Um, Illinois, I guess, has some good recruits. So if they can play, I think they will compete in the Big Ten this year. If Illinois doesn't get to play basketball this year, you will have to find a new co-host for this show because I will end it. Like I've waited so long for Illinois to be good at basketball again and then to get not only Kofi to come back, but then Io came back. I have been like I've got sweaty palms right now talking about it. I'm so excited about Illinois basketball, and if they take that away from me, I, there's nothing to live for anymore. It's just to my loyal to my loyal five fans. <laughs> I will not give up on you. I will be solo dojo on this show. 
for my five <laughs> listeners out there. Yeah, they're probably like, get this dude off of here anyway. I don't care. Probably because that uh, St. Louis Cardinals hat. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The, the actual sweat stains are from watching the Cardinals try to pull out wins this year. Hey, they're, they're sitting with the Cubs that. right now on the couch watching. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. You want to talk some actual football stuff? Yeah. Um, one thing about the NFL, which NFL is crazy. More Titans are getting tested positive. So the, I don't know what the Titans did. People say stay away from Tennessee. I don't know what happened. They're investigating it. Apparently they had workouts nobody knew about or this, this, or that. Dude, um, they, okay, the craziest thing, I heard somebody talking about this the other day. Can you imagine being a professional football team and going to a random high school and practicing for a week and no one recognizing you? Well, and then how do you get on that? How do you even go there and no one know? I, somebody wrote a check. Like one of those players wrote a check for the school and was like, here, buy new turf. Just shut up about us being here. Well, and, you know what? I should have given me some of that money. I would have opened up. Like, could field. you imagine? Could you imagine if the Chicago Bears got kicked out of Chicago for some reason and we showed up to Oakwood one day and there's just the Bears practicing on our high school field? But like people would be losing their minds. But that's why I don't know what happened. Um, and then a Bears had a practice player test positive. So now they're contact tracing to see who that person was around. The Bears players have to get tested three times a day now. Um, the Patriots had that corner test positive. They just shut down their facilities today. The best defensive player, Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, but so Bill. Bill Belichick was not ordered to close anything, but he did it anyway. He kind of said, you know, we have to figure this out. Cam Newton still is not practicing, nor is he playing. They have no reports on that. I don't even know if he has symptoms. I don't know what's going off Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, if he was on the Carolina Panthers, we would have known. But since he's on the Patriots, we don't know. Um, lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Chiefs had an assistant football coach test positive. I don't know if it was like an analyst assistant or whatever. I don't know if he was a main coach. It just said uh, it just said assistant. Um, so they have to continue to get tested. I know they keep moving games. We have a game on Tuesday. There might be an NFL game on Tuesday, which is going to be awesome. Two on Monday, one on Tuesday. Then they're talking about moving one of the games to Saturday. So you would have I can't remember who was going to play, but you had an NFL game on Saturday, and then Georgia Alabama right after that. 
Mm-hmm. And it, so that's an NFL game too. So you've got, so it's yeah. just crazy. So uh, I don't know. So, and then our bears beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which they shouldn't have, Fourth you know, down. was it fourth down Tom Brady? It's funnier because his helmet's so comically large. His helmet's large, and then it's Tom Brady. How long yeah. have you been in the NBA or NBA NFL? Tom Brady. I knew what down it was. Yeah. I, okay. Everyone's made that mistake at one point in their life. I mean, I would expect that from Mitchell Trubisky, not Tom Brady. Yeah, it's a rough look, especially if you're the goat, which he is. But man, it felt good. As a Bears fan, like it did. It was a rough game, but like they're the luckiest four uh, one team I've ever seen. Can I take a second to make myself sound really stupid, which I do a lot? I already have, so it's your turn. I love analytics, and I get on like Pro Football Focus a lot and look at their like individual player rankings, just because I think they're interesting and I like that they spend so much time to individually grade out their plays. And they said Khalil Mack had his worst game of like the last three years during that game. And I, I know he like lost contain a couple times and yeah, he had a pretty rough penalty there where he threw Brady to the ground and probably shouldn't have, but Khalil Mack kind of single-handedly holds that defense together. So you cannot tell me that his PFF grade should be anything under like an 80. Right. Like the thing with Cleo Mack and people need to realize this is like he came to Chicago that first year and just dominated. And now they're double teaming him and this, that he does things that are on the stats. If that makes sense. Like he's going to take on the double teams. He's going to try to be a leader. Like with, he's not, he's trying to get a raw, raw. And then when he comes to the sideline, he's just like, we're not done yet. And like, yeah, I don't want to say he's Kobe Bryant, but that's kind of what you see. Like, I don't know. Well, he's he, on the side. He keeps them together. He's like, we're not going to cheer, cheer and do this. Now. He's like, we have a job, and that's what he's trying to do. And it's fun to watch because I was like those players that had that, like, I'm going to murder you attitude. And watching him, like, on all fours staring Brady in the face after he sacked him, like, it gave me chills because it's just fun to watch those guys who are crazy. It, like, I call it Jordan crazy. He's got that weird competitive gene that, like, he's just a freak. Yeah, yeah. he just does, he does things that aren't on the stats and takes on the double teams. They go away from him. They will go make plays away from him. But last year before Akeem Hicks was hurt, he was that other guy so they could do more. This year I don't see it as much from Akeem Hicks, but I think he's slowly going to find it again. Yeah, um, and Akeem Hicks is hurt. Right now, yeah, I think he's, he's like a pretty serious arm injury or something like that. Yeah, um, last year he he was out for half the rest of the year after halfway through the year. Um, you know the crazy thing though, like we we do need to keep moving, but you know what do you do if you have a all world pass rusher on one side of the ball? You throw screens and slants in their direction, right? You throw screens, you read them, so you try not to even block them sometimes. Yeah, and that and, and when you, you don't see that happen with Khalil Mack at all. No, they just they, run away from him. They'll run away from him. They'll double team him. Um, they'll line up in a formation and then shift to to make sure he's away from what they want to do. And then sometimes they will run at him, 
just to test them to make them tired. Um, and I think yeah. that was that's what I was gonna say that the Bears defensive line. Defensive line, you have to be very, very conditioned. So without having all the training camps, I think you're gonna see defensive lines get better as the years as, as the year goes on. Um that's gonna happen with the Bears. All right, and I'm one thing, and then we're done. I swear. <laughs> I think you do have to realize the importance of having like if you're gonna run a three four defense, you absolutely need a three hundred and forty pound huge dude and nose tackle. And the Bears don't have that because Eddie Goldman opted out this year. And you can see it. Like people just gash them for yards up the middle. And I don't know if they'll be able to fix that because I don't think there's that many guys on the trade market or if the Bears even have the stuff to trade for one. You know, so we'll we'll see if people keep taking advantage of that. All right, um, guys, we're going to get to our college football games. We are going to, there's some we may talk longer than others, but some we're going to speed through. We just wanted to discuss them. I have um, random college football topics that I need to talk about. All right, well. Okay, college OT is stupid. <laughs> it's just dumb. Like, I don't like the NFL system, but just put an extra quarter on there. Like, I much rather would have seen that Texas OU game as a full quarter instead of whatever like bastardized version of football that was. I don't know about you. Um, hold on guys. I'm messing with my banners. Um, I don't know. I like the college football one just because it gives each team the opportunity to score and it's different than the NFL. Um, I think they do that because they don't want to, I don't think TV deals want to pay them that much more. The longer it goes on, the more they do they have to pay them. I don't know how that works. Um, I understand if you you could do the NFL and have a whole other quarter and maybe like each team gets the opportunity to score, but that's just the same thing as going on the 25 and going in. To me, that's the same thing. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say because there's overtimes that just last that one overtime and it ends, and we're all like, oh, okay, we got an extra three minutes of football. Then there's ones like yesterday or like a couple years ago with LSU and Texas A&M that went into seven overtimes. That's where it gets a little crazy. I think maybe there has to be a rule in place where after the third overtime, maybe it's a tie. Maybe you have to start doing ties. I don't know. I don't think college football wants to do that because of, you know, getting to the college football playoff and all the voting and all that. But they did for years. Like, there was a bunch of ties in the record books. Yeah, but I think the more you got into the BCS National Championship stuff and all the money they were making, they were like, we cannot afford to have a tie. Yeah. And cause could you imagine all those years ago with Boise State, if a team had a tie? Well, think about, State? like, if you're a fan of OU or Texas, how unsatisfying it would be to have ended that game in a tie. Right, and that's the other thing. So that's why I don't know if you even touch the overtime. Maybe yeah. make it a quarter. Maybe move it back to the 50 instead of the 25 and say you have to actually get to a field goal range. Because on the 25, you're already there. Yeah. So maybe they move it back. I don't know. Um, I don't know. The other thing I had with college football, there are a lot of targeting penalties. That's really tough, especially with COVID, because um, – I know Lane Kiffin talked after the game. They asked him, how, how is it – the SEC is scoring a lot of points this year all of a sudden. And he said it's due – he thinks it's due to COVID because you didn't have all the spring ball and stuff. It's easy to install an offense on Zoom. 
I think it's hard to do a solid defense on Zoom because you have to be able to see everything. Offense, you can tag things and shift and this and that. Defense, it's like you have to know it all. You can't ta- you couldn't tackle for a while at Navy that first week. They said straight up, we did not really tackle because of COVID. You're seeing some bad tackling, and now you're seeing these kids have bad form. Now, some they can't control. Some of it I don't understand. It's not even young players. It's like all SEC, all American dudes missing tackles like in the tackle box. Like stuff you don't normally see, especially in the SEC. Like it's very clear. Defense is a learn by reacting to things. And you're right. I think offense you can install because it's all pretty much pre-read. Like Uh snap read. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. There's also been a lot of like uh, illegal block in the back. Like, uh, what was it? I think Old Miss had a penalty where their receiver kind of came down from the slot and down blocked a uh, linebacker. And it was like, I'm going to put my shoulder into you a little bit. And they threw a flag on it. And I get the the like making the game safer and that's what you're doing with that rule but at a certain point like now we've gone too far because you just can't like the guy was just outside of the tackle box like that's just a normal play that's a football play and he didn't hit you he didn't like throw the guy's head back because he hit him so hard it's like a 160 pound receiver trying to block a linebacker Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point, you're you're just making it harder on yourself to make watchable football. Right, but it's all about the money. It's all about and it's safe. They're trying to think to make it safe. Yeah. They're trying to make the money. And I don't want to say they don't care about the kids because it is I heard a coach say this before it's a meat market, like these kids are just going through. But it's for the safety of the kids. And then I also think it's the TV ratings, it's the money. Let's not get it twisted. You know, yeah, it's about the money. You know, that's what you're seeing. Coaches get paid $8 million, $9 million, $10 million a year. That pays for the school's computer labs and the libraries and the buildings, which people don't want to admit. Like Rutgers, teachers trying to sue the university. And it's like, you realize, even though Rutgers sucks at football, you realize that Big Ten contract pays mm-hmm. for your computer lab, your desk, and they don't want to realize that. And In reality, like having gone through it, you know how you really get those teachers to understand? You take their GAs away. Uh-huh. Like, hey, you don't want football to happen? Well, now that GA that you have grade all of your papers and run your classroom for all those days you don't want to be in class, yeah, now they're gone. Sorry. Yeah, because like, the – yeah, there's an athletic budget, and then there's an overall budget. Those sports budgets go into the whole school. Now, obviously, sports gets taken care of first. That's why Alabama's of the world, and Ohio State's have top-notch weight rooms stuff. Mm-hmm. Then it trickles down to the rest. Um, those boosters that to give them money, if they don't have a good football team, you ain't getting any money. Yeah. Um, and there's only certain schools that can get money. Like U of I, I think, always had a good booster, but they haven't done anything with it. And I think now you're seeing women try to do something with it. Um, well, yeah, they built – like, have you seen their football operation now? It's insane. Yeah, it's they're trying to – Anything I've ever seen at the University of Illinois. Yeah, they're trying to catch up, 
with everybody. It, and it's about time they they do, they do that. Um, yeah. Uh, so that guy gone. Well, and then I was gonna say the Big Ten football comes back October twenty fourth. Yeah, I'm so ready. I want to see three yards in clouded dust and then a punt so bad. Like all this competent football is kind of making me sad. I need to see Lovey Smith with his big beard standing there like, oh, why can't we move the ball? <laughs> I don't know. I think Big Ten's going to start off rough. It's going to be rough besides Ohio State. I think they're the only one. And we have Illinois, I suppose, Wisconsin. But without fans. So it's not going to be that jump around thing at Wisconsin. Yeah. And and that's a revenge game for Wisconsin this time. Yes. There's Double. a chance to run off the field. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little scared for that. Yeah. Okay, you ready to start going through these games? Yeah, so guys, the banners, I've got to go. It's whoever comes up. That's what we're gonna do. What we want to go through real quick. I'm gonna pick this one first. LSU and Missouri. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So, Missouri with the big upset, 45-41. They stopped LSU four times on the goal line for them to win the game. And last week, I talked a lot of crap. I said, Texas A&M and Missouri need to go. They need to go back to the Big 12 or join the Big 10. I said, Missouri can go join the Big 10, which is fine with me. Their travel wouldn't be too bad. I said, Texas A&M goes back to the Big 12. And we'll get to Texas A&M in a minute. I think they heard me. Somewhere, somewhere, they said, this jackass from the cornfields with this podcast show said something about us. We're going to go win. So just real quick, Mississippi State, you know, beats LSU first week. LSU's defending national champ. I jumped on the Mississippi State bandwagon. But I kind of came back down to earth last week. So now is, is LSU just that? It's not, Ed's losing his mind right now. Ed's not a bad coach. He did not forget how to coach overnight. Like, he's a good coach. Is LSU just that bad? I think, one, Bo Pelini, probably not a great coach. I think we've known that for a little bit. But he's one of those guys that, like, has a name. And people know Bo Pelini. So they're like, oh, yeah, defense won't miss a beat. New coaching staff, you lost almost your entire defense. Minus Stingley, you're like all-American corner. It'll be fine. Roll it back, another national championship. And I think what we were talking about earlier, when you don't have live practices to get these new guys on the field, and obviously they're probably running – it looked like close to the same defense they ran last year, but then you're not getting the reps with these guys 
you're going to look bad. And they look really bad. I think there's still a lot of talent there, but I think they just – everyone's out for them this year, which they were last year. But I I just – it's going to be a rough year for LSU. I think they'll rebound and eventually be as good as they were last year again. But the rest of their year is probably gone. I think so. They People don't realize they lost like their entire staff um offense defense coordinators all that left he had to rebuild it and the best person to do that is nick saban so i mean what happens to bama every two years happened to ed ogeron for the first time right and so he's got to figure that out so i mean it does some of it falls back on him but you know he didn't forget how to coach overnight um and i mean if you really look at it like the lsu's quarterback threw for 430 yards and four touchdowns so realistically, he's good. They just have no run game. But then their defense is kind of what is killing them. They give up 406 passing yards to Missouri, and that kid had four touchdowns. Then rushing, they allowed a rusher to have 119 yards of rushing, and it's Missouri. Yeah. And so LSU's defense, I think, is what's killing them. They, LSU could score points. I don't think that's the issue. Um, because they're running the same offense they did last year, so they're able to adapt and do what they did. It, but if you can't, if you get a shootout, their defense isn't going to step up. So I think they're they're not bad. Like if you put them in the Big Ten, they'd be two and one right now or something, or or the Pac twelve. But since you're in the SEC and you're playing all SEC schedule, I think this is your easiest game right here, Missouri, and you lost. Yeah, because either Mississippi State or or Missouri was going to be your game where you win, and now you're not. So I feel like they are going to get thumped by Alabama later on. Like, thumped. So that being said, I do like I love Ed Ogeron. I think he's low key one of the best coaches in the NCAA, as low key as you can be, having just won a national championship. But I think he will find a way to get them to play better. I just think it's going to take six games for them to start to play. And you know what's crazy is Missouri had three turnovers. Yeah. So, and for them to not – you're going to force three turnovers and not win that game. You're right. Ed O'Dron's probably not sleeping at all thinking about that because he's a defensive guy. You know, former D-lineman, former D-line coach, former defensive coordinator. Like, that dude is probably pulling out his hair thinking about it. Yep, if I saw him running on a jog right now, I'd move away because he's oh, he's he's mad. So we'll see if LSU turns it around. Next one we said was Florida State, Notre Dame. Um, Florida State kind of gave – they were winning at the end of the first quarter, 17-14. Um, to 14. Now, Notre Dame hasn't played in like two weeks because they've had like 20 positive tests here, 15 positive tests there. Because they just go out and party, I guess. I don't know how they're getting this. Um, goes back to their head coach. I'm not a big fan of him. Um, does he Touchdown not have con- Jesus, Steve? Touchdown Jesus protects them from COVID 19. Everyone knows that. I'm just saying, like, their head coach, does he just not have control of it for those COVID tests? I don't know. You see that. And you have like Nick Saban and all of them who have control. So yeah. I just but don't do you see Nick Saban wearing one of those masks that's like mesh. Like, you can see his mouth moving in the mask. 
So we'll get to Alabama in a second. I have a comment on Nick Saban. That I was sitting there. I think I even, I don't know if I tweeted it. I should have, but we'll get to Nick Saban. Okay. All right. um, but then Notre Dame woke back up and won 42-26. Florida State is terrible. They just got awful. But they gave Notre Dame a run for the money. So is it Florida State's going to figure it out and Notre Dame's just not that good? Or is it that Notre Dame decided to get the rust off because it's been two weeks? I want Notre Dame. Did they play Clemson this year? They do. They and do. Now, at the beginning, I was on a podcast before, and I said the game that's going to def- – Clemson's got to watch out for is Notre Dame. And when I watched Notre Dame against Duke and even the next game, I said, okay, if Notre Dame and Book can get their quarterback run game going, they're not going to beat Clemson, but I think it'd be close. But now seeing Notre Dame and watching Clemson last night, I don't say that anymore. But, yeah, they play Clemson. I don't remember when, but later on. Yeah. I think the one thing that, yeah, Notre Dame's going to run through the ACC. They're probably not going to have another close game. Um, I think Notre Dame and Miami are probably close to the same talent level between teams. The one thing Notre Dame has and has consistently every year is a really good offensive line. And I think that's one thing that will at least make them competitive against Clemson. Like if there aren't a lot of teams that will make that game interesting, but I think if you can control the line of scrimmage and run the ball effectively, which with Notre Dame, who knows, like they'll find a way to screw it up. But I want to see that game really bad because I, I think Clemson will win, but I do think, I hate myself for saying this. Notre Dame will make it competitive just because of the style of football that they play. Yeah, um, Notre Dame's got some huge dudes. And so, and Clemson has a young defensive line. They, they lost some defensive players. Um, but the thing that's going to hurt Notre Dame is if they continue to get these weeks off. If Notre Dame didn't have the two weeks off, I would say the same thing. After watching Clemson last night, I don't know. Clemson's got some speed. They got some. They got some SEC looking players, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the only team you're going to see be competitive against Clemson is Notre Dame, and it's always like that. I think when Notre Dame, I think they played 2018, maybe 17 or 18, the rain game where it just rained the whole time. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame kept it competitive. It was a close game. Uh, but that kind of defined Clemson too. They were like, that was when they took a step forward and said, we're going to go beat Alabama in the national championship. Um, so I think Notre Dame will be fine. Florida State's awful. Clemson just had to get, or Notre Dame just had to get the rust off. Yeah. And having to take two weeks off, like right after you started your season, it'd be hard on anybody. So they can be forgiven for looking kind of bad against Florida State. Yeah, uh, I give them a pass. Uh, but if they don't figure it out soon, then Clemson's going to blow the doors off of them. But they got some big boys. They got some huge offensive linemen. Huge. Yeah. And it's their defense. Their defense is very base. Like they, they disguise it a little bit, but it's base. And it's their defense reminds me of the Big 12 defense where they want to bend a little bit and not break. It's not as bad as a Big 12 defense, but it's. And, I, and we'll get to Oklahoma and them here in a minute. 
I love Oklahoma's defense coordinator. He was Mike Leach's defense coordinator at Washington State when Luke Folk was there. When Washington State was good, uh, Grinch, he had a good defense at Washington State. But I think the Oklahoma curse has kind of taken over him a little bit. I mean, they were there. The defense was there until the, <laughs> until six minutes left in the game. Yeah, because um, if we're going to talk OU, we got to get to that game. All right, I'm just going Mike Leach. We'll get through this literally in like three minutes. I said all week that I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. I thought Kentucky was going to run on the ball over the place. I thought Mike Leach was going to throw it all over the place. Or let me rephrase that, Costello. And people now are jumping off the Mike Leach bandwagon. And I don't think they should. It's the third game. As easy as the air raid is, a Costello who was at Stanford, who runs a pro-style three-page offensive call play sheet down to Mike Leach, who has a half of a piece of paper, and trying to figure out the reads is difficult. I don't care how old you are. The only one that came in and figured out right away is uh, Minshew, and he's doing well in the NFL, so he's just a rare breed. It took Luke Folk even a while. It took um, – uh, What's his name? Graham at Texas Tech all those years ago. It took him a couple of years. Um, they're jumping off the bandwagon, and I don't think they should. If you give Mike Leach in three years and he gets those wide receiver recruits, they're going to be fine. And Kentucky's not bad. I don't think people are figuring that out yet. Kentucky's not a bad team. What's embarrassing is that Mike, they don't get a touchdown. I think that's the most embarrassing thing yeah. for Mississippi State. I think it's another rough loss for Mike Leach. Um, and I don't, I never expect to see a Mike Leach coach team lose in a lower scoring game. Right. It feels um, weird, right? And then again, I'm not blaming Costello, but he had four interceptions. Yeah. But then again, Kentucky, again, you said it is better than people think. They, they are. Um, they're tough. Um, it's good team, bad brand is what Right, it is. right. If, if you took that. Kentucky football. Right. I just, I'm not jumping off the bandwagon because this happened at Washington State. They, this, this happened. It happened. The only time he went to a bowl game his first year was Texas Tech. That's because you're in the Big 12. And it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to go there and probably go to a bowl game unless you're – I don't even know. Big 12 is awful. Um, so, guys, don't jump off the bandwagon yet with Michael Leach. He'll be just fine. That's what he does. He turns around programs. Um, but it was a homecoming for Michael Leach. He was offensive coordinator at Kentucky. That was his first – he and Hal Mummy's first SEC job. And so they showed a video of him walking out there and looking around. And I talked about this on a podcast. If he was at Washington State this year still and that and Stoops gets fired at Kentucky, Mike Leach would have taken that job. I think he kind of wants to go back to Kentucky, but I don't know if it'll happen now because he doesn't leave. People are like, oh, he's not going to stay at Mississippi State very long. He was at Texas Tech for 10 years. He got fired. If it wasn't for them firing him, he still might be there. Who knows? I have no idea. Um and they, they didn't really fire him because he wasn't competitive. They fired him because he stuck a kid in a closet. 
Which never happened because Craig James is a piece of I know, work. but that's why they fired him. That's what I mean. Like, if that whole thing never happened, he still might be there. I have no idea. Um, I think he would be there. And then Washington State, he was there for a year, so he's going to stick around. If that Kentucky job opens up this year, he ain't leaving. But don't jump off bandwagon. He'll be just fine. Um, he'll be just fine. All right. Then we'll hop on. The big old scoring game. I just clicked a random banner, guys, so we're just going to – I'm just clicking. Uh, Alabama versus Old Miss. That had, It was one for the record books. Alabama won 63-48. I want to say there was like 1,200 yards of offense, 1,300 yards of offense combined. Then this morning I read that Nick Saban said it kind of seemed like they had our defensive signals because every play call that they had beat their defensive play call. And so now Nick Saban's throwing jabs at Lane Kiffin, kind of saying, I think you guys had our defensive signals, which is confusing because Lane Kiffin left in, what, 2016, 17. Yeah. If you haven't changed your defensive signals since, I think he left in, was he at FAU for one or two years? He's there for three years. Okay, so if you haven't changed your defensive signals in three years, that's on you at that point. Right, well, and I, I watched the game. I tried to pay attention. Old Miss played very tough. So don't take that away from a Lane Kiffin team. And it was a lot of big plays. Like I remember it was like third and 15 or 20 for Old Miss. And I'm like, Alabama's going to stop them or going to stop the scoring. And they got like 30 yards. And I'm like, that's on you for giving up. I don't care if they know your defensive signals. Like, you gave up a big play. Yeah. Um, well, and you look like – those plays were so perfectly tailored for what Alabama does. Like, in my mind, and this could be wrong, but, like, in my mind, Alabama safeties are, like, run support safeties for the most part. Like, their free safeties are usually pretty fast. But he ran that cross route with his tight end that busted for, like, a 60-yard touchdown. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, one, that ball was perfectly thrown. If it would have been a little bit lower behind, it probably gets picked off. But you can tell, like, Lane Kiffin did not forget what uh, Bama likes to do on defense. Right. And that's and why it, it was jarring to see, like, Bama's defense look lost. Because there are parts of that game they look lost. Yeah, again, I don't care if you're Nick Saban. It goes back to that time preparation. Now, Alabama's been practicing. Like, they've gone out there. They're pretty safe about it. Um, but it comes down to defense is harder to install and go through things than it is on offense. Um, and, I, yeah, maybe they had your defensive signals. But I think it's also that Lane Kiffin just – they don't have the same defensive coordinators either at this point. And so – Lane Kiffin just kind of knows what they're going to do before they do it. Or like, and if, if people watch that game, there was times they went up tempo, but times they did checks at the line. So was it that Lane Kiffin just called he and his offensive coordinator, they just called a better game than they called on defense. Um, but you know what? Even Old Miss has always been Nick Saban's thorn, them and Auburn, no matter who's Old Miss could be two and eight when they play Alabama and they could beat Alabama. It's I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to take anything away from the old Miss kids. Um, 
there were sometimes they ran zone reads and they blew Alabama's defensive line back. I saw there was a zone and it looked like a wall. It literally was a wall. It was that 30 yard run touchdown. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just a wall. And that's when Nick Saban, oh, that's what I was going to say. Did anybody else see Nick Saban wearing a hat the first half coaching? I didn't even he, notice that. He was wearing a hat. And I said, that has never mm-hmm. happened in the history of Nick Saban. Yeah. I feel like Nick Saban would throw a visor on before he wore a hat. Oh, he had the 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 the, the those gray hats they're wearing on the sideline, those mesh ones that are really yeah. probably like fifty bucks. He had one of those on, and then after the second half, he took it off. And I'm like, oh, he's he's mad. He's, he's mad. Real now. No, and then he had the the mask where you could see him yelling. But he kept his cool. There was times he got mad, but he kind of kept his cool. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Okay. those masks are the dumbest thing on earth and the NCAA should step in and say like, Hey, like they do in the NFL where they find people for not wearing their masks. Like some of these school administrators need to step in because I mean, we'll talk about this in Tennessee, Georgia, but go look up Tennessee's head coach wearing his mask. I was going to get, get to that. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. But, like, that see-through mask doesn't do anything. You're taking the screen from, like, a screened-in porch and putting it on your face. Like, Well, so in the NFL, they have a commissioner and all that that can do that stuff. Here's where the NCAA is kind of weird. They have a This is where I get mad. They have a president who you would think to, would do all this stuff. He didn't want to step in and make decisions on how they were going to go about the season. He left it up to the to the conferences. And that's why you saw the Big Ten and Pac-12 say we're going to wait and not play. They need a commissioner. Like, they have a president, but he doesn't act like it. And he just wants the money. I hate him. I can't stand him. You know, they need a commissioner. If they had, like, a commissioner, I think you could start seeing fines. I don't know if athletic directors and stuff can find their head coaches for that stuff. Oh, yeah, I have no can. idea. Absolutely. I have no idea. Like, um, they earn their paychecks. Just I, don't know how, I don't know how it works, but I think yeah. the NCAA needs – the pre- they need to redo it to where the president steps in and makes these decisions, or they need a commissioner. Like, okay, let's hire a commissioner and get rid of the president thing. Hire a commissioner, and they set the rulings. They meet with the Big Ten athletic directors, or I mean the, the conference athletic directors, say this is how we're going to do things, this is how it works. Um, but yeah, the, but I will say this, though. Uh, or uh, Mike Leach had the same mask on. So on camera, it looks like it's a good mask, but I understand those are the masks that don't work as well. Um, they look cool. I was kind of like, oh, I want that one. But then, like, when you saw it up close, it was like, is that a fishing net? Like, yeah. Like, I, it annoys me. Like, I work in healthcare, and that I don't know. I get it. Like, you need to be able to yell and say things, but you can yell through a surgical mask. I do it every day at work. Like there's no, no reason to have something like that going on, especially when we're seeing more and more like this can affect if you get COVID-19, it can affect your cardiac muscles, especially in heavier set, really big athletes. Like, well, then, like Nick Saban, who is in his sixties, but he's pretty healthy, but like, oh, he's still in his but he's in his sixties though. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think Nick Saban understands anything but football. 
Nick Saban doesn't know anything about anything. No, he's my he's one of my favorite coaches. I need to shut up. But that's just it. It's like Nick Saban lives for one thing in his football, and he's not going to let anything else step in the way. Like he probably saw that mask and was like, oh, I can yell through that. Perfect. You know, um, I do um, want to say a couple things like about this game, the play of this game. I think anytime you see a shootout game like this, which we saw a couple of them this week, it was one of those who flinches first games. And unfortunately, Old Miss flinched. They, there were a, like three things I noticed that were weird that uh, Lane Kiffin did here. One was putting your backup quarterback in on the goal line. I know that play worked, but what are you doing? Your quarterback's been efficient all game. Like you're getting too cute now. Just put the guy in there and let him do it. You know, hey, do you want to silence your phone? Have Whose show is this? Here. Um, I'm trying to get people to watch this thing. Nobody's watching it. I could care less, but I'm I'm trying to get it out there. I'm busy. I'm okay. All right. You're I'm my financial that. advisor. I'm the host. I'm the PR. I'm the marketing. I'm the okay. All right. And that's why it's failing. <laughs> okay. I am Jerry Jones of the sidelines with Coach Stephen. That's, that's right. the, the other thing I noticed is, like, I really feel bad for the center for Old Miss that messed oh. up. Yeah. Like, that dude, you can tell, like, his heart and soul was in it, and he had a bad game. Like, he had, what, three bad snaps now, in that game? What did it was, if you're a spread team and a shotgun team, don't go under center. That center, yeah. has, don't do it. And that's kind of what did it. It was raining. Now you've been doing the shotgun thing all day. Now you're going to ask this kid, go under center and do that at an up-tempo pace. So yeah. I want, I wanted to go – if I was – I got mad. I don't know if the O-line coach went up and talked to that kid. I didn't see it on camera. I'm sure he did. I, that would have been the first thing me as an O-line coach I would have done. I would have ran up to him and been like, that's not your fault. Like, get over it. Like, we move on. And yeah. I felt – I wanted – I was rooting for Alabama because I'm a Nick Saban fan. But at the end of the day, it was a good game offensively. But that kid, I was like, if that O-line coach didn't go up to him, I'm going to punch him in the face because coaching kids that have made mistakes like that, especially the school I was at last year with lower income, like, you need to run up to them and tell them, like, it's okay because – and. I'm sure he thinks that he lost the game for them, which is not true. Not at all. Because it was – you said it perfect. They flinched. They flinched first. They had to kick that one field goal. Once they kicked the one field goal, I said if, if Alabama scores, which they were going to, I said if they score again, it's done. Like, they're not yeah. going to win. And so – And in that kind of game, one stupid penalty to put you behind the – down in distance, you're done. And that's kind of what happened there with that field goal. Like you get pushed back. I don't even remember if it, I don't even think it was a penalty. I just think it was a couple of plays that didn't run right. So now you're off schedule, which your head coach, Lane Kiffin, he can find a way out of it. But I just, I felt for that kid so much because like I felt that having made some dumb decisions like playing sports, that was like, it hit real close to home. And I, I hope that kid realizes that he's not the reason they lost that game. No, he's it, not the reason. It's 
it's a yeah. team thing. And, you know, I'm trying to look up the stats here. I mean, Alabama had 723 total yards of offense, and then Old Miss had 647 total yards of offense. Um, so, I mean, you were doing your job on offense. Um, yeah. And it's Alabama. I mean, but I will say this Old Miss was four for four on fourth downs, which is huge. Um, Miss Old Alabama's running back, that Harris, he looks like Derrick Henry when he played for Alabama. That kid is a man. And my goodness. Weird, you see him play, he plays like every down. Yeah, he never comes out. Which is weird because I'm used to seeing Bama backs like trickle in and trickle out. You know, it's like running back by committee. But Najee Harris is, should probably be in contention for the Heisman because he's the thing that makes that whole offense run. I don't right now. I don't know if ESPN has updated everything yet, but it says he only has 347 yards right now. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. He averages 6.7 yards. He always carried the ball 52 times. He already has 10 touchdowns. Um, but he had 206 yards last night. And I think that's kind of what's this game kind of what starts it for them. I've, I never thought I'd say this. Alabama's offense is so much better than their defense right now. I thought I would never say that. But it is. They have a very good offense with a quarterback that is not big time. Mm-hmm. Which is what what's great about Alabama. The only time they've had big time was Hurst and Tua. After that, they get these quarterbacks they develop, and this quarterback played in the wing T in in high school. Yeah, but the dude has a cannon. Yes, he's accurate. Yeah, like I don't know. I think he's kind of perfectly built to be a quarterback for Alabama. Like he just seems like calm under pressure, comfortable in a pro style offense, like. It's the perfect match for them. And they have such so much talent at receiver. Like, there are times with Tua that I thought he worried more about running than putting the ball where it needed to be. And Mac Jones seems much more interested in, like, I'm going to get this ball to my playmakers, which is cool to see because there's so much talent there. Yeah, he, he was 28 of 32, which is – Know that you're going to win the game if the quarterback does that. Yeah. 417 yards, two touchdowns. There, Harris had five of the touchdowns rushing. I mean, and then uh, that Smith kid, there was, they have some good receivers. That Smith kid had one touchdown for 164 yards. So, I mean, Alabama's offense is just, 
I don't think Nick Saban, Nick Saban wants his defense to be their defense. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why he didn't get as mad because he knew they were going to score. And this is one of their best offenses they've had, I think, since Lane Kiffin left. So they're they're Sarkeesian, it's like his re his reborn calling plays. After the Atlanta Falcons debacle, he was the OC. Yeah. All right, we gotta move on. Yep. Cool thing, guys, about this stream yard, I can see how long we're 56 minutes. So we so we're gonna go on. We'll go through this real one real quick. Just Miami and Clemson. Um, I didn't put verses in there. Don't judge me. Um, Clemson just is Clemson. It, it was a close game. It was, you know, what, 21 to 10 at halftime. I watched that game. I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought Miami was going to be more competitive. Clemson, because yeah. Clemson didn't play last week. So I thought, okay, they had that week off. They're going to be a little rusty. Clemson has got some SEC looking dudes. They're fast. Um, they made some mistakes in the first half. And then they just kind of said, we're Clemson. You know, we're going to beat them 42-17. to 17. The U chain could be thrown in the garbage. Um, the U ain't there yet. They're going to be there in a couple of years, but they, they're not there yet. It's, it's Clemson. I like the way Miami plays. I think you're right. They just don't have the horses yet to compete with Clemson. They just don't. And – their defense, specifically their D-line, just it became very evident they were not big enough or fast enough to deal with what Clemson's bringing to the table. Yeah, just, uh, like, that's what I – the first half I was like, oh, Miami's competitive. But then Clemson doesn't look tired yet. And then Miami looked tired. And then Clemson said, oh, we're not tired. They're running back. When they run a zone, their running back is so freaking fast. He gets five yards before someone touches him. Yeah, and ETN. I'm, yeah. And I think it's it's weird that they – in all, I've got to give Miami some credit. I'm stumbling through my words because I'm trying to figure out how to word this and be as nice as possible. Like, Miami deserves a little bit of credit because they lost two of their best defensive players pretty much right off the bat. And to still maintain and be like competitive in that game at Clemson, like it'd stay competitive for most of the game, kind of. Like that's it, that's impressive to me. And it, it showed a little heart for them to be able to go out there and do that. Like they're playing, I think, two true freshmen that had to come in like during the game. You're not going to win that game at that point because you're not going to stop Clemson. Um, I do want to say we talked about this earlier. I sent you a text. I don't know what exactly Clemson's defense is, what exactly they run. It looks like a 3-4 hybrid with a 3-3 stack. They, they jump um, their, their defense coordinator was the defense coordinator in Oklahoma when they were winning a lot a few years ago. Um, they originally do like a 4-3, 4-2-5, but they're so – when they started recruiting like Alabama, you're starting to see them – depends on who they play. And so when you said that, I was like, wait, I think they run a 4-2-5, but I know they sometimes will jump into an odd man front. And like when they do, it is a 3-4, but then sometimes they'll jump into that 3 depending on who they're playing and what the strength is. 
So like Alabama, when they would play Alabama, they run the ball. So they want to run it either man front to try to control the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Miami, I don't think they were too worried about them running the football. They want to contain mm-hmm. them. They were running like two man fronts. Yeah, so I think for them, especially because I will say it's a COVID year. So I talked to a coach the other day, Coach Ron Mackey. Shout out to him if he ever watches this. He said for high school, he goes, this is the perfect time. Get weird. If there's something you've always wanted to do, get weird. Mm-hmm. Clemson, they're not going to get fired. They're not going to lose their job. So if they want to do random things, they can. Um, there's certain schools out there that cannot. Like Kentucky's got to stay what they do. If not, Stoops is going to get fired. Yeah. Um, Clemson can do whatever they want. Alabama can do whatever they want. Old Miss can do whatever they want. I think that's how they were able to do what they did. I think like Giffen said, screw it, it's COVID year. It's Alabama. We're going to do what we want or do things. But you're but yeah, you're right. Clemson will jump into like a three, four, three, three. They do both. And I was telling you, they're just fun to watch because they are so multiple. Like right. I, I can watch an entire Clemson game and most of the time they're blowouts. But at that point I start watching the defense because it's just so like I feel like I don't see the same formation from them more than once or twice a game. Well, their defense coordinator is great, and he's going to be a head coach here one day. He's been a defense coordinator for 15 years. I don't know. Who is it? Because even they have, like, these late formation shifts that, like, I saw Miami multiple times get down and, like, get ready for the play, and you see Clemson. It looked like a planned shift. It's like, hey, we're going to give you this look. And then three seconds pre-snap, we're going to change the way this defensive front looks. Uh, Brent Venables. I knew his name. I just had to say it right. I knew that. Yeah. Like, that is so cool to see. And especially seeing that in a year where, like we said, you're not getting all the practice time. To see those, like, late shifts like that, especially in college, it's just fun to watch. Yeah, I mean – it's because they have the dudes. Like, he was the defense coordinator at Oklahoma when they had Sam Bradford and stuff, and they were going to the national championship um, with Stoops. And they had a good defense back then, too, for a Big 12. Um, but he has the dudes to do it, and he's crazy. He has his get-back guy. I would love to have that job. You pay me $80,000 a year, I'll be somebody's get-back guy. Um, you think they make $80,000 a year? You I'm know who sure. the get-back guy is, right? It's the strength and conditioning coach, like, GA. Depends on where you're at. Like, I know in yeah. Alabama – Thurs didn't do it. Yeah. You know what? Pay me 50000 then. I don't care. Pay me something, Whatever. and I'll be your get-back guy. Yeah. That would be so much fun. It depends on the coach. Like, I would not want to be Nick Saban's get-back guy. I would. I'm bigger than him. Now, now if Ed was young, if Ed was younger and he was crazy, no. No way. Absolutely not. Ed Ogeron would murder somebody, I think. I don't know. He's a nice guy, though. Like, all intents and purposes, I think Ed Odron's, like, a genuinely nice person. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it was back when he was D-line coach for the U with the Rock and everything, no. Now, maybe, but he's big. Big boy. Yeah, like, he benches four plates. Yeah, and he said that the day he can't do that is the day he's going to go back to the boat. Yeah, yeah. Crazy guy. Okay, next game. I'm going to save that Texas-Oklahoma one for last because I'm sure we have a lot for that. This one's pretty quick. Tennessee versus Georgia. Um, we said that this was supposed to be an interesting game, which it was. That first quarter or two, Tennessee was competitive. But it's just like Miami and Clemson. I think that Tennessee just doesn't have the horses yet. Um, but they're in the right direction. Um, I would say their defense made a couple really impressive stands. Like they had that fourth down stop in the middle of the field 
where they just tried to quarterback sneak and you saw guys leaping over and like grabbing the dude and like pulling him back. That was some of the most impressive for a defense that's undersized. Like everyone's going to be undersized against Georgia, except for like Alabama. And for them to pull off two big time defensive stops on fourth down, like you have to give Tennessee a lot of credit for that. I give them a lot of credit. Um, I thought they played well. Like, again, they flinched. They flinched in the second or third quarter, and that's kind of where – I mean, Georgia has a good defense, so that's kind of what took over. Then I think Georgia has finally found a quarterback, I think. We'll see. Um, what's his name? Bennett. He, he reminds me of Jake Fromm. He plays and looks like a Jake Fromm one that's just going to control the game, do what's asked, do the short passes, get the run game going. So – but here, here's the thing. Like, that's all well and good when you're playing inferior opponents. But is Jake Fromm going to win you a game against Alabama? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you ask me if we can do the show next Sunday. You ask me next Sunday, and I'll tell you what I think. If he can – even if Georgia loses but he plays well, then I can sit here and say, okay, maybe this is their quarterback. Yeah. Um, but what's his face when that one quarterback comes back? Who are you going to pick? Are you going to pick this kid or the one that had to sit out due to health reasons? But if this kid's playing well, if this is the only game you lose is Alabama, you stick with Bennett. You have to. I I don't know. I just don't see the upside there. Like Georgia has too many like high-level football players on their offense to look that vanilla. And I don't know if it's the play calling, like we had this conversation with a couple other teams that played, but it, is it the play calling holding them back from being more explosive or is it just they're just not taking chances? On Georgia's offense. So yeah. Georgia runs that freaking pro style. So yeah, Clemson – or Clemson. Georgia looks like Alabama before Hurst got there. Mm-hmm. Um if anybody reads Nick Saban's books, he always believed in running the ball, fullback, eye formation, double tight, run the football, which worked. They won national championships. But then right before Lane Kiffin got there, and then right when Lane Kiffin got there, he kind of told Nick, hey, do you know all the ex-athletes you could probably get here if you ran this? You could still run the ball, which they do. Could you realize what, what kind of – offense you can have in the SEC, what kind of recruits you can get here if you go to a spread, Mm -hmm. spread run the ball, but then have the ability to pass it. You're going to get some dudes to come here. Um, And Nick kind of realized that, or Coach Saban, I keep saying Nick like I know him, like Coach Saban did that. And Georgia looks like an Alabama from like 2010 and 11 and 12 right now. So I don't know if it's necessarily the play calling because they're going to run what they – it's like Mike Leach. You know, people can go to his play calling. If Georgia wants to run the football and be a pro style, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, You could sit there and say it's their play calling. Like, I feel like one of these times they're going to pull an LSU and say, we're going to go spread, run a pro style spread instead of this pro style under center stuff Mm -hmm. and explode. So in a way, yes, I think so. But it's hard to argue when they went to the college football playoff all this time, they get to the national championship. So right now they're going to say, no, we're fine. But here eventually like if you're Georgia, yeah, you're you're making it to the playoff, you're consistently a top ten team. But then every time you get in that position where it's like, okay, the competition's better now, there's always a loss. 
Right. Like so it will break through. So at what point do you say like this is the definition of insane like insanity? We're doing the same thing over and over again and it's not breaking us through. You know, I would say that's this year, but since it's the COVID year, who knows if this would be the year. But Kirby Smart's at his place where I don't think he can it's gonna have to happen. He's at a place where they'll fire him, no matter what happens this year. Um I don't think that will they will fire him, but yeah. his seat will get warm. Oh, for sure. For um, sure. So I think that you you are right that the play calling in a way holds them back. But I can't say and argue that it is that because you're doing what you do. You're doing what you want to do. But I think here in a year, I think they're going to look at LSU and be like, what did they do so different? They went from the same thing to this where I go pro spread. And that's what got Joe Brady to coach in the NFL now with the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. I think if Georgia does that, it's going to come down between them and Alabama every time because they have the Alabama defense right now. Kirby Smart was defense coordinator for years. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll see. It was – and then what about Pruitt's uh, mask, his uh, Mrs. Doubtfire cover over his head? It's the one thing we need in this show. We need to be able to, like, throw up a picture of something. Because that was the stupidest, and he wore it the whole game. Yep, like that. Never once did I see it covering his face. But evidently, like in Tennessee, they think COVID nineteen happens through your ear holes. Because <laughs> that's all he was covering, that in his hair. Um, I don't. Again, like that needs your school chancellor or athletic director needs to step in and it's like, hey, I get that you've got other stuff going on, but at the same time, like wear this mask because that is just plain and simple. Like that dude just doesn't care. Yeah, no, I I hate wearing a mask, but when we have our contact days, it's on and I hate it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. There's times where I've pulled it this way to yell. I don't do this, but I pull it out. But I'm so far away from the kids, I don't think it's a big deal. Because it's hard to yell. It's hard to yell in that thing. But then when I'm around, it's on. Like, I make sure that. So, to me, if you're a college football coach making millions of dollars, how hard is it to keep the mask on? It's not just for you. It's for the people around you. Yeah. So, I don't get it. I don't know. It was just funny. It was a ridiculous look. And at one point I had the thought, like, if you're going to wear your mask like that, you have to win this football game. Because if not, now you're just a meme. Like, I I don't know. It was a bad look. Especially that style of mask that's that checkerboard Tennessee pattern. Mm-hmm. He looked like Miss Doubtfire. You're pretty much right. It, that's what I thought of. I was like, it is Mrs. Doubtfire. Rough look. Okay, ready for the next one? Yeah, sorry guys. I was trying to figure out how to share my screen on the stream board or stream yard. Can't figure it out, so we'll try it. I was going to find that picture. I'm letting everybody down. Oops, wrong one. See? All right, real quick. Florida, Texas A&M. I am so bad. I had some fan duel bets going on. And I said Florida wins by at least 5.5. And Texas A&M said, Coach Steve, you are not allowed 
to win your retirement money on this game. Make your $1,300, get a retire. I, or at least pay off the car. Yeah, yeah. Um, Florida looked good. And then um, I don't know how you say this kid's name uh, for Texas A&M. Kellen Maud, is that how you say it? Maud. Yeah, um, he is a tall kid. And he, I watched him the other week. I'm like, he has weird throwing mechanics. Then I watched this whole game pretty much from start to finish. I had my computer going and the TV going. His release is quick, and that ball is fast. Mm-hmm. He is a good thrower. And if he gets those mechanics down, I think he'd be a decent, not an all-star NFL quarterback, but his height would help him be like a backup quarterback in the NFL. So Florida became Florida. It's a Dan Mullen team, like he did at Mississippi State, where they're so good that they screw it up. My thing with Florida is, like, ever since Urban Meyer left, they've been this team that, like, can't put it all together. Like, they went a stretch of 10 years without having a competent offense but had this world-beater Florida Gator defense. And now they have one of the best offenses in college football, and their defense is just not on the field at all. And that has to really be rough to be a Florida fan because, like, we're finally scoring points, and now our defense just is not producing. Right. All. You have a Heisman quarterback and Trask who's really good. He was 23 of 32. 312 yards and four touchdowns. So they kind of held him under what he's been doing. Um, I said Texas A&M should go back to the Big 12. But I had to take a step back because they played Alabama last week. So they looked good in the first quarter, and Alabama kind of woke up. Um, But you're right, Florida's defense gave up 543 yards yesterday against Texas A&M, who Jimbo Fisher is trying to rebuild that program. I think he's overpaid. I don't think he needs to be making the Nick Saban money. And, no. and Dabo Sweeney, but because his, he, he's a Nick Saban tree and he won the national championship at Florida State, so they were like, oh, let's pay him. He is not earning that money right now, but yesterday was a big step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, Florida's offense is just fine. Um, it's their defense all of a sudden. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to fix it. Like, Admittedly, I'm not a college football coach for that reason, but they just don't look competent in any part of their defense to me. It's just not consistent. It's yesterday they they bent they broke a lot. And if they try to do that with an Alabama um and Old Miss, even if Old Miss plays that way, they, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Um and I thought they had it figured out at the beginning of the game because Dan Mullen's offense, he's a he was the offense coordinator for Urban Meyer way back when. And so they run that quarterback run. That they run Ohio State's offense. That's exactly what Ohio State does. Dan Mullen started first with Urban Meyer. He had to adapt this that his quarterback cannot run. He's not a runner. So they've adapted pretty well of what they want to do. Um, I also think yesterday they kind of overlooked Texas A&M. It's a part of it. I think they came into the game. I don't think their defense is terrible, terrible. But yesterday they kind of came in and said, oh, they can't do anything. Then they realized this kid has an arm quick release the ball gets that fast 
because um, he's so tall. He doesn't even use his legs half the time. It's all upper body. If he got his legs into it, it's going to take off. Um, that's what I do sometimes is watch quarterback mechanics, and he's like straight up down, throws it, it gets there perfectly. If he actually turned his whole body around, got his hips into it and threw it, he's going to break somebody's fingers. And Florida is going to be fine, but – yeah, is it, I don't know. Are you ready for my props? That Your I props. Saw? Yeah, I have a prop this week. Yeah, push back. Okay, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. Okay. I have, I have something I have to say. I think Texas A&M had way more than their capacity in the stadium. Oh, my goodness. Them – and there was another place yesterday where. And I think, again, tinfoil hat here, the more these games start to matter down the stretch, I really think you're going to see people break these COVID protocols to put a bunch of people in the stadium and win these games. You know, and then that's going to happen. Um, there was some game last weekend or the weekend before where the student section broke the rules and they had the security in there, kicked them out immediately. Mm-hmm. And so I, it depends on what state you're in and it depends on the school. If Texas says you're allowed X amount of percentage of fans, then it comes down to the, the school. So if Texas A&M says, okay, the state of Texas says we can have 20 or 30% of our stadium, we're going to have, and then, then Texas A&M says, okay, then we're going to have 20 or 30%. Now, that stadium is so huge because it's the 12th man. It looks like there's a lot of people because 20% of whatever is a lot of people. 20% for the U of I is like 8,000 people. 20% for Michigan or a Texas A&M. That's 8,000 people. Yeah, 30, 20, 30. Right. So I don't know if they're breaking protocol because Dan Mullen came out yesterday after the game and said he wants fans in Florida. He, he wants fans there. But their AD came out and said, no, we're going to go by our rules. Just because Florida's – like Florida State had fans. So Florida State of Florida says they can. But it's up to the school. Yeah. Florida State said, yes, because we suck. We need whatever we can get. Florida's good. So they're going to say no. So Dan Mullen said, we want fans. Their AD said, no, we're going to go by what we want to do. I don't think you're going to see people break them. I, I get why that may happen because, like – they need the fans, this and that. I I just really hope athletic directors don't risk that. I think Texas A&M had too many fans, but it's hard for me to sit there and say, oh, Texas, the state of Texas, if they say it's okay, then it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's up to the state, whatever they want to do. But I think even the announcer said at one point, they're like, I think we're above capacity today. And then they've like showed the stands a couple times and there's like no distancing Everyone seemed pretty packed in there. It got loud, which is weird to hear a stadium get loud again because we haven't heard that in, like, baseball or basketball. or You know, uh, it was cool to see. But at the same time, I'm like, I think they're skirting the rules here a little bit, trying to get an old home win for their first top five win. Yeah, if we don't hear anything about it by Wednesday, then I think they didn't break any rules because if they did, it's going to get out. You're not going to hide that. Somebody's going to watch the video and go to the ticket sales and all this and that and say, okay, what happened? Talk to security. If we don't hear anything, then that's just their rules. And as long as they don't break the state 
their state health department guidelines, there's nothing we that can be done. But you would think as a school, I don't know, if they say, okay, 20%, so let's say you're allowed 30,000 people in there. As a school, as a athletic director, I might say, you know what, let's only have 15,000. I know that's a lot, but if you could spread them out, just yeah. say, you know, let's just have 15,000 to be on the safe side and then gradually allow more. I know Notre Dame, their first game of the year that was at home against Duke, they showed fans in the stands. They didn't have that many, but their rules were, so they had people sitting by each other. So the announcer said, said, okay, what's their rules? And they came out and said, they have to prove that they live together. So if you live in an apartment with somebody, you have to prove it. If you're a family, you have to prove mm -hmm. it. They can sit by each other, but they have to have their mask on at all times. If they don't, they get kicked out. And they're making professors volunteer to go do that stuff. So that's where you're going to see professors get mad about sports, but they've got to realize that Notre Dame's football program and TV deal pays for your stuff. Oh, yeah. So you're seeing that happen. So I don't know if Texas A&M broke any rules, but you're going to start seeing some football coaches that have fans say, we want fans. If they can, why can't we? And it's just like Illinois high school football. Washington just reversed their decision to play high school football, and it was one of the biggest hot spots for COVID. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. The original. Not playing. So it's the same thing. Like, we're going to sit here and say... How is it fair for them to play? We can't, and we could be safe. Yeah. Dan Mullen's going to say, why can they have fans? And Florida's going to allow us to have fans, and we're not. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't think they broke any rules. If I don't hear anything by Tuesday or Wednesday, then they're fine. But you're right, it did look like a lot. And I even said that. I was like, that looks like a lot of fans. And Ole Miss, Ole Miss had a lot of fans too. Yeah, they did. But you see, like, a lot of those southern states, their restrictions aren't as tough. No, and the, the crazy thing is they're doing just fine. Like, they could be worse. Like, when you hear, oh, they can have fans, they can do this, they can do that, you would think it'd be worse. And it's yeah. not yet. We're getting to the winter, so we're going to find out. Yeah. Once flu season starts, again, we're not going to get into this, but we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm concerned. I don't. Th I think you're going to see. The last thing I'll say. I don't think you're going to see athletic directors make those stupid decisions. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that. That's something that, as an athletic director, if it comes back, that like, hey, yeah, I let us go over capacity because we were playing Florida. Like, you're gonna lose your job. 
or should, in my opinion. Like at that point, if your state health official has said, like, here's the number and you just ignored it, there are things that are bigger than college football. That's why I don't think you're going to see them break the rules. So, yeah. Um, we'll find out because the Tennessee Titans might have broke some rules. So, yeah. we'll, we'll, that's the NFL. We'll find out. All right. The big one that took four, five, six, eight, ten thousand overtimes. That. So, me and Brad were texting back and forth during like the half after halftime of this freaking game because we both hate Sam Ellinger, whatever the hell his name is. Um, I'll let you go because this one. Okay. First thing I'm going to say is I felt like an idiot. Sam Ellinger played a really good game. Like that dude got his ass kicked, which I don't know if I can say that on YouTube or not, but just got beat up and fought through it to keep Texas in that game. Like, I don't think Texas is in that game with any other quarterback on their roster. No. Um, this is the first time I can say that. Like, no. I've watched their games before and thought, like, they would be better with somebody who's more comfortable throwing downfield. And Sam Ellinger, like, he did a lot of it with his feet and made that Texas offense look competent, which makes me wonder, back to this, is it the play calling or is it Sam Ellinger? You have to go with both. But so Sam Ellinger does one of two things. He's really good in the first half and bad in the second half, or he's okay in the first half. And then they get down. And then all of a sudden he goes, I'm going to play or we're going to do this. But when they were down against Oklahoma, Oklahoma was dropping eight people. And that's how he's able to do it with his feet. They were dropping eight, playing man with a cover two behind it, because Grinch plays a like a two five, like a two man down defense, like the the spread defensive thing, like a three four basically or a three five, like a nickel and, version of a three four. Yeah, and and that's what he ran at Washington State because Washington State in the back twelve, you have some fast guys, so that's the perfect defense to play in the Big Twelve. They were, I think, Grinch is a good defensive coordinator. I don't care who what anybody says. Is I think it's his first or second year. He's trying to get it going. He was at Ohio State a year or two ago. He left Washington State, went to Ohio State for a year, and then came over to Oklahoma. They were trying to not lose the game, and so he was dropping eight. And Sam Ellinger said, I'm going to run. And so I give Ellinger credit for doing that, but it's also like Oklahoma allowed you to do that because they drop eight. If they drop eight and you don't take off and run, then you don't. it's your fault. So I don't want to give him all the credit because he helped them get into that situation. He only scored 17 points until six minutes left in the game. But I have to give them credit. He didn't flinch. He was just like, I'll play. But, I mean, if you look at his numbers, his passing numbers, he was 30 of 53, 287 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. But he also had 112 rushing yards. He was a leading rusher by 90 yards. And what, four rushing touchdowns? Yeah, and so I don't think he's as bad as you and I claim out to be, but there's just something about him that I don't like, I don't trust. Texas isn't as good as everybody thinks they are. I don't think they're as good as everyone proclaims. Um, Oklahoma, good for them for sticking it out. Spencer Rattler got benched, you know, in that second quarter. So what do you think about that? 
like you obviously have your starting quarterback who you put the backup in and he looked okay, but he's obviously not Spencer Rattler. Like, what do you think of doing that, like, wake-up call? Listen, buddy, like, your job isn't guaranteed here. I like it, but, like, so he came out because when he got hit there, his arm was funny, so they weren't looking at him, so they put the backup in. But then Lincoln Riley kind of was like, screw it. Spencer Rattler, besides last game, he's turned the ball over a lot, whether it's fumbles. He doesn't hold on the ball very well. When he runs, he runs, holding on to, like, Walter Payton, and then it gets hit out. Um I liked it because people forget Lincoln Riley coaches the quarterbacks. So it's not like a head coach is just going to say, hey, I don't coach you, but I'm going to bench you. He understands his quarterbacks. So if he knows Spencer Rattler and says, if I do this, this might wake him up. I liked it because Lincoln Riley's under a lot of pressure. You've had – now, he's under pressure as a quarterback developer because you've had Baker Mayfield come in. Then you had um, Murray come in. Then you had Hurst come in. You've had these transfer quarterbacks that did things in other schools, and then they come in. Now, he did great things with them, so he's a great play caller, great offense. Now you have a kid that's a freshman. Let's see what you do. Now, when I say pressure, it's because they're expected to go to the playoffs. They're expected to do this, and now they're not going to. Yeah. Now, give this guy here – here in two years, if Spencer Radler even next year doesn't improve, then I think he becomes more under pressure as a head coach and the quarterback's coach. But I love the wake-up call. Um, especially when the other quarterback didn't look too bad. Um, but then Oklahoma changed their play calling. Lincoln Riley, they ran the ball a lot more in that second half. They ran a lot of that GT counter stuff. The only thing that made me mad about Lincoln Riley, I don't like calling out coaches in college or NFL. They know more fo- they've forgotten more football than I know. Yeah. For Texas, sure. Texas had no timeouts. It was third down with like two minutes left in the game or whatever it was. Run the football. Do not pass it. I am a high school nobody coach. You are Lincoln Riley who makes millions upon millions of dollars who could run for the governor of Oklahoma and win tomorrow. You could go coach the Dallas Cowboys if you wanted to. Run the football to let that clock run. Take the penalty if you don't get the first down. Let the clock roll down. Take a timeout or let or take the penalty to give you more punting room to punt the ball down to get it to bounce to get him way down there to let the ball or the clock roll off. You pass it. Now it's third, fourth, and twelve. You have to punt it. Now you give them a chance, and that's what happened. Run the football like you did the whole second half okay so this i disagree with you and like your whole thing about we don't we're not at the level of lincoln riley me less so than you okay i just if i'm calling the plays at that point i just put the ball in my quarterback's hands and he fumbled it the play before and the announcers said it perfectly. They were like, no chance in hell they're letting Lincoln Riley run this football again. So at that point, if you're the Texas defense, why aren't you just selling out on stopping their running back? Like, there's no chance you get that call, and your defense hasn't stopped a nosebleed all day. 
I kind of like the idea of I'm going to chance it, put the quarter, ball in my quarterback's hands on a drag route, which they had run all game successfully. Like, just give them the option to go win it right there. Like, I don't hate that, especially, like you said, like you like their defensive coordinator there at OU, and he could be a really good coach, but yesterday he was not calling a good game. He just wasn't. So why not go try to win it? And I, when I, I tweeted that out, and then I liked it because I said, yeah, I understand he wants to take the shot to win the game. Like, let's just end this because I don't want to go into overtime. But does the risk outweigh the reward? So that risk that you're about to take with a quarterback who is not, he may be confident right now, but he hasn't been fully confident. You ran the ball over them all second half. Why not just run the ball? And it's about clock game at that point. So I understand trying to end it. I understand all that. But just because of what happened, though, like I said, if he would have completed, he'd been the best. That's the thing. So I'm going to take a step back. If he would have completed, that's the best play call in college football. Best idea ever, right? But I just can't help but if Texas had a timeout, do that. Do that play. Because if you run the ball, they're going to call a timeout. Since they had no timeouts, by the time you let that play clock roll down that 40 seconds, now it's going to be like a minute and 20 seconds. Take the penalty, punt the ball, take another few seconds. Now they're down to a minute, minute, 10 seconds. It's going to be tough to get them to down the field to win the game. And I don't even know exactly what time was left. It might even be you. might They might have been left with 45 seconds. And that's kind of what you have to look at. Um, because like Oklahoma doesn't sound like a lot, but they had 208 rushing yards. But I guarantee you, all that came in the second half. Guarantee, yeah. So I don't know. Spencer Radler, his numbers aren't bad 23 of 35, 209 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. So he plays well, it's just the fumbles and it's the timing of his decision making. But maybe that being benched kind of woke him up and said, oh, my goodness, I could lose this. Like Lincoln Riley's not afraid to bench me. Yeah. Well, like we've talked about this before. Like you don't really like Spencer Rattler because he's arrogant. But I think as the coach, you have that much confidence. Like if you know your guy has that much confidence, setting his ass on the bench for two or three series might just knock him down a peg and make him start playing smarter football. Right. Um, But Oklahoma is not Oklahoma, what what they used to be. Texas is not Texas. Um, Does Herman get fired at Texas this year if they don't continue to change? Yeah. I think you have to look at it because – How many years in a row do you get to just blame like – well, our team isn't complete. When you've had this quarterback for a couple of years now who is trying to play well, but you have a defense that's inconsistent, you got an offense that's inconsistent, um, you're not getting these huge time rec- – ever since Mac Brown left, that place is just – ever since he got fired. And, and now look what he's doing. Mac Brown's doing it in North Carolina. Yeah, look, they put up over 50 points. And yeah. Now, Mac, Mac Brown is reborn. He went through a lot of stuff at Texas at the end um people were out to get him and he took time away now he's kind of refreshed and now look what he's doing so 
I mean, being the head coach at University of Texas has to be like a no-win job. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, it's uh, was a guy strong. He was a defense coordinator. Now he's at UCF. He was he's a good defensive mind. He went to Texas, and that's a lot of pressure. They did not give him a lot. Of t- you got to give a guy more than three years. But Texas has got money, and they want to win, and they spent some money, and they got to win. Yeah, and that's why Nick. If when you get fired at Texas, does Matthew McConaughey do it? Sure, and he puts in his class that he teaches there too. Yeah, yeah. Like you're sitting in the conference room waiting for the AD to show up, and Matthew McConaughey walks in in like a leather jacket and cowboy hat. And he says, "Those those numbers are rookie numbers, man. You gotta get those numbers up." And well, no, he's been like, "Man, it would have been a lot cooler if you would have won that game." <laughs> All Fine. right. All right. Get out. <laughs> I I wish I in my head that is how. And in the middle of the or like side of the room, Bevo the bowl is just sitting there like shitting on the floor. <laughs> That's how you get fired. It's like, all right, you got 10 minutes before this bowl starts running through the office. He's going to run you out of here. Oh, okay. Right. You're ready some games. All right. We're going to go do our week seven picks. We picked a couple. We're not going to do what we did last week. That was too much. Can we say who's so in the scores? One game has not been played that we picked. They play Wednesday for some reason. I thought it was Saturday. It was Wednesday. Coastal Carolina versus the Raging Cajuns play on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, But the rest of them, I got 15 of them right. Brad got 17 of them right. Um, There was one that I got screwed over on. I don't remember, and I was mad that I picked them. Oh, you picked AM and I picked Florida. That's kind of what kind of what did it. So this time we just picked some games that we'll talk about next week, and that's all we're gonna pick. We're not gonna sit here and do 40 games. So first one we thought about talking about, which plays Friday, was BYU and Houston. Houston looked a little rough against Tulane, but then kind of woke up. BYU almost lost to uh UTEP. Was it UTEP yesterday? No, um, it was a closer game than what I thought it was going to be. Um, oh, UTSA. They only beat them 27-20. So BYU did not play very well. So this one is going to be very interesting because I said BYU was a sleeper and that they could compete for that college football playoff this year because of COVID. Um, so if they beat Houston, you have to sit and they go undefeated. They almost sneak in. Yeah, uh, They're good. They have four-year players on their team right now. They have an offensive line that's 320 pounds across the board, I think. Um, I'm going to go with BYU. But I'm going to go with Houston. You would. In that, well, no, it's just that, like, I like Dana Holgerson. I think he, you were talking about coaches being reborn. I think he got worn down by West Virginia and kind of got run out of town there. And I like his offense. I've always liked him as a coach. I think Houston wins this one. 
Mike Leach coaching tree. Absolutely. The one time you'll hear me be like, yeah, go air raid. He incorporated the air raid in the run game and RPOs. Yeah. Mike Leach is the only guy left that does like the old school air raid. It's Everybody else. Right. It's air raid 2.0. Yeah. All right. Kentucky and Tennessee. This one, we just kind of picked it because I think we kind of want to see Kentucky do something. Um, but then we kind of want to see what Tennessee's defense is made of too. I don't know, I'm going to pick Kentucky because I think they need this. If they get this, I think Stoops may be able to keep his job. But I kind of want to see Kentucky win. So I'm going to go with Kentucky. I hate it because I'm the same way. I want to see Kentucky do well just because I think they're fun to watch. But I don't think – I think Tennessee is mad because I think they fully believe they gave that game away. So I'm going to take Tennessee. You would. All right. LSU-Florida. Now, at the beginning of the year, even though I knew LSU lost a lot in all their coaches, I was going to say this is one of the biggest games. I don't think LSU is going to be ranked anymore. No. After I haven't looked to see if they've come out with it yet today. Um, NFL is going on right now, but since the Bears don't play, I don't care as much. Um, this one, I got to go with Florida. Florida's going to be mad that they just lost Texas A&M. LSU has got to figure it out, and I don't think they can with having such young players to figure it out. Um, Ed's a good coach. I just hope he doesn't explode everything. Like I hope he doesn't take over play calling. I hope he doesn't do this or that. Um, I am going to go with Florida, though, just because LSU looks like something's not going. Yeah. Um, I do like how we have just naturally gone the opposite ends of the spectrum. Like I'm kind of considering this bounce back week for a lot of our picks. And I think LSU just purely based off, I think their team has more talent, maybe, maybe not experience. Well, I think they might have more talent and Ed Ogeron is one of those guys that will like rally them up to, come back and win a game. I almost think this may be an Alabama Ole Miss game because LSU's offense isn't terrible, and Florida's offense is not terrible. It's their defense. So we might be able, we might see another 1,000-yard game, like combined. Like who, who flinches again? And that's kind of where I don't know if LSU's younger players flinch first. Ed won't flinch on the side. Ed's going to be Ed. Dan Mullen's going to be – I don't think LSU's quarterback will either. So this might be those – this might be an old Miss Alabama game all over again, which is fine with me. I like seeing points scored, so this might be yeah. – It'll fun. be one of those classic high-scoring SEC games that yep. evidently we need to get used to. All right, Georgia and Bama. Nick Saban is 21-0 and against former coaches after yesterday. He will now face Kirby Smart once again, who he has beaten in the regular season and in the national championship. Georgia's defense looks like an Alabama defense that we all that we've seen for years. It's their offense looks okay. They have a young quarterback. His first test really was this Tennessee team, and he passed it. Now he's going to have to face Alabama, but Alabama's defense yesterday did not look very good. But you're going to face a pro style team, which slows it down a little bit. You might see Georgia do some up tempo. I'm going to say you're going to see some up tempo, but that's not what they do. So it may not work so well. So 
I think, again, this comes down to who flinches, and Georgia defense is going to flinch against this Bama offense that is not skipped a beat. They look good. So Bama's offense is the reason why they're going to win this game. Uh, we got to agree on one, I guess. I think, yeah, Bama, this is going into a game that, like, they're playing a team that is basically Bama looked at and is like, this is just a ghost of what we used to be, and we were the best in football at it. So we're not going to lose this game. No, um, I think it's going to be exciting at first because Georgia has a good defense, and Kirby Smart understands Alabama kind of like Lane Kiffin does. He understands what they're going to do. But it's Nick Saban. He's the Jedi master, and the rest of them are chasing him. And And I also think Georgia has the offensive line to, like, still be able to run the ball (laughs) against Alabama. I – I'm just trying to believe that it's going to be a good game. I think the first half will. I I almost guarantee the first half will be okay. Then it's going to be who adjusts well. But it depends if if Alabama's offense shows up like they did yesterday. Yeah. They're going to score 50 points. Now they might give up 20-some or 30 just because I don't know what's going on with their defense. But if you score 50 points, your defense doesn't have to. I mean, let's be real honest. though. Georgia's defense is way better than Old Miss's. Right, and that's why I'm curious to see how Bama's offense is going to handle that. But yeah. they, confidence is confidence. So, yeah. All right, last one has more confidence than last one. Last one that I have to let Brad pick first because I need more time to think. Um, Texas A&M versus Mississippi State. Um, Brad can go first. Okay, my heart, my heart's telling me to pick the guy, but I know. Yeah. Here's the thing. And I, I hate myself for doing this. This is at Mississippi State. Yeah, I believe so. Two bad losses in a row, right? Bad losses, yep. Mississippi State. Like, I think they win this game, probably. I think Texas A&M is one of those teams that probably isn't used to being a front runner. You know? And this is a classic Mike Leach game where it's like, okay, yeah, everyone thought we were bad, and now we're going to throw for 700 yards. This whole hour and 44 minutes, which I promised we wouldn't do, but we did, the next time we'll get better. (laughs) Each week we'll go down by 20 minutes. This whole – I've been thinking about this. Part of me says Texas A&M because they have some of their offense figured out already. Mm Mm-hmm. They've been in the system already for a couple seasons. Mike Leach's team is figuring it out. But is Texas A&M on a high right now because they beat Florida and they think they're going to walk all over Mississippi State. Mississippi State figures it out. But Mississippi State does not look good. And I don't want to go against Mike Leach, but a part of me wants to, and that's why I'm stalling for this pick. Just grow a pair, Steve. All right, I will go. I'm going to go with the pirate. I think the pirate flips his lid this week in practice. If there's, you guys need to go watch the video of 2000 and oh goodness, it was a 2008 or nine when it was right after 11 and two year Texas Tech, and they played Baylor and they won. 
there's a video of Mike Leach flipping his lid because of how they played. And it's the best thing I've ever seen. One of the best things I've ever seen. So I think he does that this week. I think he's going to flip with his fisherman's net mask. Well, Mike Leach had his off half the time. He doesn't care. I don't think he. Yeah, I don't think he cares. He's pretty healthy too. I don't think he. He's, he's in that like Saban. Nothing exists in the world outside of football. So I'll go with Mississippi State, but I won't be surprised if Texas A&M wins. But maybe Texas A&M is on a high, and they're like, "Oh, blah, 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 and Mississippi State just comes in." Maybe Costello figures it out. So we'll go with that one. Okay. We did it. We knocked like 15 minutes off, Steve. We did. All right. So that's the show. Again, if this, nobody watched, I just want everybody to know that. But that's more than what I expected to watch. Negative viewers. No, this is a growing process. So I understand people that I've talked to about YouTube. We just grind the grind it out. I don't like saying, but like I, you just work at it and it gets to where it needs to go. Um, so hopefully this grows into something that we wanted to, but guess what? We have fun with it. So I really don't care. And it's a Sunday. People are watching NFL. Like we plan to do this early in the morning, but I was trying to figure this out. So I kind of screwed it up. Um, but anybody that listens later on, like subscribe, share, if it's podcast form, uh, try to share it out for people. Uh, Brad, I appreciate you coming on doing the co-hosting one day, maybe just solo dojo when Brad's life takes over, but yeah, yeah, possibly next week I might be tuning in from a tent in Louisiana. Maybe uh, you can get Drew Brees on. Yeah, I'll get on that. I'll get on that. Yeah. Get Sean Payton. You go. Find, I'll send him a message. Get Sean Payton on there. And... Okay. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, I heard you know Eastern Illinois University. You should come on this podcast. I met him once. He don't remember, but I met him one time. <laughs> he had a yeah. Super Bowl ring walking around. Showing Wear it all the time. All right, guys. So anybody that listened, thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.